let's do an official introduction. Uh, hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is Rock Hard Caucus, uh, the show about politics based in Iowa. Uh, my name's Justin. I'm here with Natalie. Hey. Hi. Natalie, this is the first time in a while that we've actually recorded together, so I'm glad to be with you today. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and we've also got our resident expert of computers, Alan High, joining us again. Hello. Welcome back, Alan. And this is uh, kind of a big get for us. We are joined today by uh, one of the hosts of the Struggle Session podcast and also uh, just, a, just a warrior for truth. Um, <laughs> we have wow. Jack, Jack Allison joining us Wow, today. thanks for having me. And what, what an intro. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm such a big fan. I'm very excited. Truth thanks for hosting. coming. <laughs> well, thank you so much for, for having me on. I'm glad to be Posting here. Posting hero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks for joining us, Jack. Um, right off the top, I want to address... Uh, your current situation you are currently without home internet service this is true you know so i i have been you know i don't want to say suspiciously i'm not a conspiracy theorist or anything <laughs> like that i'll just simply lay out the facts that after uncovering you know widespread corruption at the dnc for a whole week uh my internet service has gone out uh due to a physical issue with the line that's only affecting five to 25 customers. Now, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm just laying out the facts of what happened. So I am, yes, without home internet and relegated to uh, uh, just LTE at the moment. Uh, so everyone should feel very, very sorry for me. Emergency backups are in place. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's right. So do you think somebody may have like cut your cable line? or No. No, I, I truly think it's just a... like coincidence and funny and there was like a lot of wind in la recently so i think probably like a palm frond fell on a line or something like that but it is fun to think that the dnc truly to be honest with you like it's funny to joke about the line being cut but i actually don't think any of these people are competent enough to, to pull off anything like that that's the real <laughs> god's honest truth i mean any of the people i've been like posting about this week like they can't get something like this pulled off are you I kidding mean, me we live in Iowa, so we know what happened. <laughs> right. Yeah. Very familiar. Yeah. So, 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 what, what happened on uh, from from your end? What, what, what happened? What happened in in Iowa this week? What was the uh, you know absolute disaster uh, disaster and what caused it? Yeah. So, I mean, the three of us, we all had very straightforward, simple precinct caucuses in our neighborhoods. Things went totally fine. Uh, mm-hmm. Bernie won mine. Alan, Bernie won yours, right? Yes, he he barely won. It was a it was pretty much a four way contest with Bernie edging out everyone else just barely. Okay, hell yeah. And then Natalie, you tied with Pete, I think. No fucking Pete won. Okay, Pete. Oh. Won. <laughs> wow. Yeah. She lives in yeah. like a shitty kind of suburb okay. area. Well, yeah, but, you I know, live. This is, this yeah. is the political process. You know, you have to see things like this happen. We have to witness true horrors here in the new in the new <laughs> millennium. Yes. yes. And I helped on the four for us. Like someone had to be there in a conservative suburb to at least, and we did okay. We got mm-hmm. two oh, Elliots yeah. and Pete got three. So yeah, yeah. Bernie got three, and everyone else got or uh, Warren, uh, Klobuchar, and Pete got two. Um, but it was like everything went well, and then uh, my wife and I walked home, and then we got <laughs> online, and we were like, "What the fuck is going on?" <laughs> <laughs> right. So. Uh, you know, this the, the the election descended. You all went to community centers and everything like that. And everybody stood in their various corners and everyone wrote that down on a little piece of paper like we've always yep. done. And then everybody yep. went home. Uh, and then it turned out that that had created abject chaos and nobody knew what the fuck was happening because all of those numbers, which normally go on a piece of paper and go to another office, uh, had to this time go into a brand new app. Uh, uh, a new app that had been developed, uh, uh, you know, in conjunction with the Iowa Democrats, sort of at the urging of the DNC to, you know, the, uh, to take in and transmit these caucus results. Um, and the app went disastrously wrong, you know, basically from on every metric. Um, and it took, you know, basically five days for us to get these caucus results. And we still don't even like really have official results. There's been a yeah. lot of sort of like, you know, uh, uh, muddying the water. And I, I would actually say sort of like misinformation about the, uh, the votes and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, yes. But yeah, it kind of all does come back to, you know, this new app, which was called like the Iowa reporting app. We need a re canvas. 
Right. <laughs> we need a recap. Well, I mean, he's calling for – it's, like, so funny. Tom Perez is, like, I immediately call for a re-canvas, and everybody's like, well, that's not, like – you can't do that. Like yeah. Tom Perez is so impotent that it's like actually hilarious. Now this guy like just sends out a tweet and everyone's like, well, we're not going to be doing that, sir. He's like, Trump. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, it's not his call to make to do a recanvas. Right. So they just ignored him, but there have been people on Twitter all week finding these little discrepancies right. in these little precincts, which if all corrected right. would have Bernie winning every single metric in this caucus. And so look, there's a couple different sort of uh, uh, things going on here with this. And I think that there's been a lot of intentional muddying the water here, you know, uh, uh, from people in the media and everything. First of all, the big narrative coming out of Iowa, and I think that this was the narrative they were building, you know, ahead of Iowa, was Iowa can't be first anymore. The caucus system is a mess. And we told you so. It can't be Iowa for a million different reasons. Yeah. And, you know, I think I'm that too that's white. Up. Like, look. There are I know you you're all Iowans and I'm like there are maybe some arguments to be made like you know you see uh, 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 Amy Goodman try to make the arg- like making the argument about diversity in Iowa and everything there are you know actual sort of like relevant arguments to be made about like the ordering of the primaries and everything like that I still personally think that we should like try to give bo- voice to places that aren't just like coastal mo- you know metropolitan areas but there are sort of in good faith arguments to be made for you know tinkering with uh, uh, how the process goes but uh, an in yeah. good faith but Agreed. it's not in yes. good faith to say that the cause of the disaster this week had anything to do with Iowa Iowans or the caucus process, uh, uh, it's a hundred percent the fault of the DNC and the Iowa Democrats and this company they contracted to, Acronym and Shadow Inc. Well, let's dig in a little bit because I know you've been digging up a lot of information on Acronym and Shadow and the app that they threw together at the last minute, basically. Right. So, what, what right. do you know? What's the well? Background actually, here? I, I actually, you know, I will. Uh, uh, I'm actually going to push back on that, and I don't think that they threw this app together at the last minute. I actually, so there's actually, so let let me go back, uh, uh, let me just sort of like lay out, you know, what all happened and how the app sort of became became involved in this process to begin with. Yeah, lay it all out for Uh, us. um, So um, basically coming out, you know, uh, um, I I guess I'm wondering where to start, but it's like, so the Iowa- Maybe start with 2016 because there's a lot of complaints that I hear about um, uh, Bernie required more numbers to be collected. Gotcha. Okay, sure. So <laughs> there was this thing in 2016, you know, there's an argument with the rules committee and everything with the DNC about Iowa's, you know, importance, whether it should be the caucus system and everything like that. And the Bernie campaign, you know, demanding more transparency uh, uh, with the results of the caucus and everything like that. So they, you know, there was, you know, a change to the rules that they were going to be reporting more data than ever. Uh, um, now, look, that may sound, you know, like that's a sort of hard undertaking or something like that. But we're talking about what is it? Well, how many votes were cast? It's like in the like, is it like under 200,000 votes were cast or something like that? I don't know the exact number, but it is definitely under 200,000. Yes. Yeah. So it's like under 200,000 votes were cast. So we're talking about under 200,000, you know, pieces of data. So, uh, you know, just to lay, just to say how simple that is, like, what 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 needs to be done with the caucus results is like we need to store the data and be able to sort of interact with the data so we can see you know how the uh, uh, results were calculated. That can be done with a Google spreadsheet. Yes. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. if you are trying to store data and have data sort of do math on, you know, as you input it. Like a fundamental component of computing to add numbers together. Uh-huh. Absolutely. So that is just how a sort of shared spreadsheet works. And, you know, to be honest with you, it's like Google does have has been doing this and like they have enough security, you know, sort of built into their program. There's been a lot more investment and money that's gone into something like Google Sheets. That is a far more secure option and it's free. You know what I mean? Like if literally every single Iowa, you know, caucus uh, uh, head was told to like go to this shared Google Doc link and just input the numbers there, that would have served the exact same function as this app. Okay. Yep. So uh, uh, out of the 2016 rules committee, they have to, you know, g- uh, have all this, you know, new data and everything like that. There's they're they're actually rules. reporting the number of votes compared to just the state delegates. Correct, and that was at the request of the of the Bernie Sanders campaign. So the Democrats come out of this, the DNC comes out of this, saying we need to do all this extra data. So 
there is a kind of ecosystem that exists around, you know, establishment Democrats and in DC, in the world of D.C. and everything like that, you know, that is a lot of party loyalists, people that have like worked for campaigns in the past and people who have like worked in the White House and stuff like that. These are like, you know, Obama staffers who like find themselves out of a job now, you know, uh, uh, now that Obama is not the president anymore. So uh, uh, there is this kind of ecosystem of you know, party loyalist lifers kind of trying to create new business opportunities in, you know, the space of politics, you know, which is their expertise, right? Uh, um, so there's a, 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 a finance fund that started by a bunch of Obama people called Higher Ground Labs. Uh, um, you'll notice that a lot of the sort of Obama alum stuff is called Higher Ground in a really weird way. Huh. Obama's uh, Netflix company is called Higher Ground Productions. Oh, right. Uh, yeah, yeah. This tech incubator is called Higher Ground Labs. Uh, uh, and there's one we're going to talk about a little in a little bit called, uh, I think, High Ground Political Fund. He's high, um, but just like the higher me. ground thing is really weird. <laughs> is it named after the Stevie Wonder song, or what's the deal? I think it comes from the if when they go low, we go high. Okay, it comes yeah. from oh, the Michelle that's Obama. So lame. <laughs> I know it's so lame. It's so lame because it's like that was a statement that was corny to begin with, and then was so soundly refuted by yeah. everything that happened in reality. <laughs> and they're still so fucking like this means so much that they're naming every one of their companies after it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it failed completely in the 2016 election, but that's right. still still the motto to go by for sure. But that's what we're doing. Yeah, we're still going by this motto. Anyway, so uh, there is this kind of ecosystem that exists of like Obama people and Hillary people and just sort of like party loyalist entrenched, you know, connected sort of DC people trying to create, you know, what they're calling like election tech. And you can still go to this website. You can go to highergroundlab.labs.com uh, uh, and like see their entire portfolio. And it's a lot of, I mean, you can look through the portfolio and it's basically like cryptocurrency. This is like a bunch of sort of Obama people have made template websites laying out the idea behind what they're trying to do and then like the team behind it. And then, you know, ostensibly like send that to potential investors like Chris Saka and shit like that, like money people, you know? Yeah. Why should you make money off of counting votes? Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> well, so look, this I'm still getting to, I'm like, I'm kind of getting around to like, how does this all happen, right? So oh, there's it gets this, worse. <laughs> so there's this world. Yeah, there's this world of sort of like, tech incubators like you know because the obama people were also drawn in by silicon valley they spent so much time with the facebook people and admired them so much and everything like that so coming out of the obama administration they're like we're gonna change the world with apps and so here's the thing i actually do believe that the obama people like buy their own bullshit i really do mm -hmm. I think that these people have read like the lean startup and they've read like political theory about what the Cokes are doing and stuff like that. <laughs> and they have like convinced themselves that like in doing this kind of shit, it will help. And they'll also be able to make themselves a lot of money. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, so 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 in, you know, because of that. They like didn't really cover up their tracks that much, you know what I mean? Because it's they were all sort of in the open. convinced so much of their, you know, uh, uh, virtuousness, they didn't really like cover up what was happening. Right, we're doing the right thing. We don't need to. It's just uh, business, okay? Right. <laughs> this is right. how it's we're done. capitalists. Right. So you know, there's all these things sort of being uh, uh, incubated at Higher Ground Lab. One of them is this thing called GroundBase, uh, uh, which you can still go to the GroundBase.io webpage. Um, you know, and GroundBase is made by this guy, Gerard Nymira. GroundBase went on to be, uh, um, you know, acquired in, in whole by Acronym. Okay, so Acronym is this for-profit, I'm oh, sorry, Acronym is a non-profit, uh, um, you know, sort of political company. Uh, it acquires GroundBase in full, and then GroundBase becomes Shadow Inc. Okay, so... Acronym was, uh, I'm sorry, Shadow Inc. was incubated at Higher Ground Lab and then acquired uh, uh, from a nonprofit, uh, acquired using nonprofit money, uh, um, and then made into a for profit company called Shadow Inc., uh -huh. which then they like went and got contracts from other people in the same connected political world to count the votes in Iowa. Like, this really is just a sort of self-dealing Democrat grift. They are, like, they're scrounging up donor money and, like, venture capital money and using it to personally profit, 
Uh, um, and then like, you know, when they, and then only actually like, you know, ha having anything to do with elections or the business or anything like that because of their political connections. Uh, um, there's no need for the Iowa reporting app. The only reason the Iowa reporting app was even considered or ever even existed is because these connected political, you know, lifers have access to people like Tom Perez and are able to go in there and pitch them on why this is a useful thing. Right. Yeah. All of the numbers were written down at every single precinct and they could have easily mm -hmm. been reported the same way they've been reported every previous cycle. I do want to know right. how funny it is, like how quickly we moved from the hopeful name, like higher ground immediately <laughs> to the, yeah, the totally sinister acronym and shadow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, like it is, it just goes so quick. What was I going to say? Okay, so the other thing about this is that this is like a weird sort of, it, there's a weird element of patronage to this as well, uh, which is that, you know, somebody pointed out to me that if you look back in the John Podesta emails uh, uh, from the 2016 election, um, and I can't confirm this cheese pizza, a treasure trove. Oh, yeah. A I wonderful collection of information. <laughs> uh, I, just, I just found I, this week. I found someone I knew in the Podesta emails and was like so gleeful. Like there's still <laughs> so many treasures to find in there. Yeah, yeah, it's huge. Um, but anyway, there are emails in the Podesta emails uh, um, where they're referring to Gerard, and so I can't confirm that this is definitely Gerard Nymera. Uh, although I suspect it was because he worked for the Hillary campaign. They never say the last name in the emails, hmm. but they say they have a tech guy named Gerard who is developing internally for the campaign a app wherein they can use it to like count the votes for the caucuses. So on top, you know, when you said earlier that this was like a, a slapdash, just like, you know, thrown together app last minute, I don't even think it was that. I think that they were using the same app they used in the 2016 election and that was already made for the campaign and that they already used. I think they were just paying this guy to use it again. Wow, yeah, I guess. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't know it went back quite that far. Yeah, so like it was called Reporter App back during the Hillary Clinton campaign, and it's this same guy, Gerard Nymera. He was like working for the campaign, making little apps for them, and then after the campaign, he gets incubated at, at uh, a higher ground lab for ground base. That gets acquired by acronym. These are all players that know each other and are self-dealing and everything like that. And then self-deals the same app they used in 16 at the official level back to the DNC. And from a technical standpoint, it doesn't even seem like this app is complicated, to the say the least. It's like the app. <laughs> so what they say about the app, they're like, the app actually worked for like inputting the numbers. It just didn't transmit them properly. I'm like, well, that fucking doesn't work then. You're telling me it's like, <laughs> it like it, you're, so it didn't work is what you're saying. Yeah. Like you're, you have only half of the app. It didn't function. That's like a big problem. <laughs> We, we received all the data, but then we transmitted it, and it didn't work. I don't know what happened. <laughs> right, exactly. It's like I'm you like, can put well, all the data in the notes app and technically <laughs> right, have done exactly. the same thing. Right. <laughs> you are telling me that like what you have built is like a way to make numbers show up on a screen? You know what I mean? <laughs> it's it's <laughs> near a notes anywhere. <laughs> That's typewriter technology, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've had that ability for eons now. <laughs> yeah, so look. This is the sort of world of like Democrat self-dealing and, you know, this is why these things happen. Like this big embarrassment, this incompetent disaster was caused by entrenched party lifers, you know, even like the Pod Save America guys who sit on the board at, you know, Higher Ground Lab. You know, they had. Thanks. Oh, my God. We don't know anything CEO. about it, though. We don't know anything about what happened. I, right. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> They had the CEO of Acronym on like back in November and were like, we need to invest in election technologies like these. And then now, like two months later, they're pretending they never heard of this person. They have nothing to do with it. They don't remember the name of the app. I'm like, that's fucking bullshit. You know what I mean? Like the reason, like the disaster that we had here in Iowa isn't the fault of Iowans. It's not the fault of the fucking caucus goers. It's not the fault of the caucus system. It's the fault of all these Obama people like thinking they're smarter than everybody and not wanting to like... <laughs> take fucking responsibility for when they fuck up major. Yes, uh, after after the caucus, it was very interesting to wake up and see someone that I know that has been connected to Democratic politics in D.C. who has moved back to Iowa and has been involved in the mm -hmm. P campaign. And they were immediately defending what happened and attacking huh. Bernie. And it was just right. insane to me. Well, that's the like, look, so look, 
you know, and here's where you get into the sort of the conspiracy-ish stuff. So there's been a big, you know, muddying of the water, I think, being done by, you know, people in the media and, like, other people in other campaigns and stuff like that, you know, which is this idea, uh, um, which is, you know, this idea that Bernie people are saying, you know, insanely these conspiracy theories that there was cheating or whatever. <laughs> so let me lay out, <laughs> let me lay out how I feel about this, okay? Okay. There are two sort of separate things that we can talk about here. Okay, and they and these two are not one in the same, and it's unfair to sort of meld them into one in the same thing. Okay, they're like interconnected, but to like say that they're just one in the same thing is not correct. There's one thing which is that you know insider party loyalist lifers you know ineptly created an app that caused a gigantic disaster. Um, you know, and there should be people that like resign from the party for that. Nothing like this has ever happened before. Hugely embarrassing. It was unnecessary, and yep. you know there are people who are responsible. That's yep. on its own, on its own. Okay, and then on you know from the other side of this, I'm like, I think that you can also make the cogent argument, even without collusion between the app and without even you know even putting aside that there is some sort of weird conflict of interest with the fact that the Pete campaign was paying this company. Yes. Put all that aside. It's still okay to say, I think that the, you know, Iowa Democrats and the DNC capitalized on this chaos to, re yes. to reveal the results in a specific way that shaped the narrative. That's not conspiracy. That's just like noticing how politics are done. You know what I mean? And I do think that it's very clear that, that the way those releases happened were to benefit one candidate and to, you know, not benefit another candidate. And that candidate yeah. has had, you know, a lot of good media coverage this week and gone on CNN and had the anchor say you won the fucking caucus, you know, you know, as a fact on the air. You know, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's not conspiracy to notice that there, you know, is some collusion between mainstream media or, you know, corporate media figures and, you know, people in, you know, entrenched in politics and that separately, the people who made this app were fucking incompetent and should have to be nowhere close to any of our elections ever again. <laughs> yeah, I've had kind of two takes on the conspiracy theorist side of things this week. The first one is that I'm totally fine with establishment sort of liberals painting the Bernie campaign as a bunch of conspiracy nuts because in this country, conspiracy nuts absolutely outnumber proud Democrats. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah. I, you know, very, there's this true. other element of this stuff, and it's like, it's fun to get pissed off at all this stuff, and I like calling the mayor mayor cheat and everything, too, and it's <laughs> yes. fun, it's fun. We're doing politics, you know what I mean? Like, we're doing an election here, and so it's like, you can have, it's like, doesn't all have to, like, it's fun to call him mayor cheat, and it's fun to notice this kind of stuff, and everything like that, uh, uh. But, you know, I do agree with you that it actually ultimately, like, helps Bernie whenever they kind of obviously try to cheat against him because yes. that just helps bolster the narrative that everyone's against him. Yes. And that's how you win the fucking presidency, folks. Yes, and Great. whether there was a conspiracy or not, it's undeniably... Of good. Yeah, it's undeniably true that these people are opposed to our movement and want to uh -huh. slow our, mom our momentum no matter yep. what. And the more we act like that, the more likely it is we're going to steamroll them. Absolutely. Like, I feel like the liberals want to be like, what is the like 100% factual basis behind calling him mayor cheat? And I'm like, I don't know, because like, he's a fucking little, like snaky little rat. And it rhymes with his name. <laughs> it's funny to say it. <laughs> yeah, basically. Did you see uh, the somebody on Twitter made the cheat from Homestar Runner with Pete's face? That shit is so good. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so look, and you know, if you want to get into even any of the sort of the, like the deeper sort of weirdness and self-dealing between all this stuff, it's like, you know, this is what I got into this week. It's just like it all spirals so crazily. It's like, so acronym, you know, receives a lot of its funding from the super PAC arm uh, of itself called PACronym. Um, oh my they, god oh my god no way yes that's correct they collect no a bunch fucking of, way they get a lot of their funding from pacronym, pacronym. And, and this is where the tabs collide here's where everything comes together for me pacronym collected over a hundred thousand dollars in donations from employees of bad robot last year uh whose production company is that again jj abrams it's like a big con like J.J. Abrams and Steven Spielberg and like Mike Schur who made The Good Place. These are all the people that funded the Iowa disaster. 
Yeah, mm. and these these what? are your sworn enemies, correct? <laughs> I'm sorry, folks. It's all showrunners. Like that's what I'm talking about. With like no way. That this this is a grift from Obama people. Yes, it's the Obama people come to town, and the fucking like Hollywood people revere these people. All the people that were yeah. like like pouring their entire bank account to Kamala Harris. Like if anyone <laughs> from fucking Obama world comes to town, they're like, this is the most smart person I've ever seen in my life. So someone like so this woman uh what's her name tara mcgowan uh, um who runs right. acronym this is the ceo of acronym who when it all came out she was like i don't know anything about this and now today she's doing the thing where she's like well um we can't attack other democrats by the way <laughs> i'm the ceo of a company and i have no idea what's going under on underneath as me. this as this election continues whenever like a democrat like gets asked a legit question and they say don't attack other democrats that's the reddest red flag I've ever seen in my life. I like do nothing but attack other Democrats, like for real. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, so this woman, Tara McGowan, you know, uh, uh, runs acronym and pacronym. And so, you know, just to give you an idea of like how the money works for all this kind of stuff, uh, um, you know, Pacronym co collects tons and tons of donations. Pacronym, you know, goes around. They hold these sort of TED talky meetings, I would guess, you know, where they talk about what the Cokes are doing and how we need to fight back using election technology and all this kind of dumbass shit. And they collect <laughs> tons of money. They collect tons of money off that. Like they just like, pocket tons of money. So this woman, Tara McGowan, if you look at her, if you look at the the, the tax filings for Acronym, the nonprofit. Um, she actually only clears um, $16,000 a year as the uh, CEO of Acronym, hmm. which is odd. Like, it's not that much money, right? Yeah. So if you look into it, like, and we have, uh, uh, and people have sent me this kind of stuff, uh, um, Acronym's, you know, biggest, uh, uh, you know, what they sent their money out to, you know, their biggest uh, outlay of money, uh, I think in 2017 or 2018, uh, was to a... You know this 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 political group called higher like high ground political fund, uh, which was like, you know, supporting a bunch of you know small candidates. I think in Wisconsin actually. Um, and so this outlay was like eight hundred thousand uh, uh, dollars, something like that, to you know uh, uh, to acronym. Uh, um, uh, uh, I'm sorry, this was from acronym to high ground political fund of eight hundred thousand dollars, right? Um, and so I looked into this, and you look at like what did pack, what did a high ground political fund do from Wisconsin? They kind of just made like glossy videos, like they went out there with a red cam and like shot a glossy video, of whatever doctor was running for fucking you know uh, council member, and like you know made like videos they thought would go viral or something like that. They lost five <laughs> out of six of the races. Okay, they lost five out of six of the races. Of course um, they did. But eight hundred thousand dollars, like. Millions of dollars, you know, has gone from acronym to, you know, groups like High Ground Political Fund. And if you look at what the outlays from High Ground Political Fund are, um, a hundred, like near 100% of that money, like all $800,000 sh shy, you know, a couple hundred dollars in like fees to the bank um, went to Lockwood Strategy, which is a strategy, digital strategy company run by Tara McGowan, where she's the sole employee. Ah, okay. There we so go. So this is donor money, you know, going into Pacronym, then being like put into like a local election, and then oh, we've got to hire consultants on this. I think I'll hire me. That <laughs> is how you clean <laughs> donor money to income. You know, for someone who's only making sixteen thousand dollars a year as a CEO, but clearing millions of dollars to her uh, digital consulting company uh, that just makes like little fucking you know viral videos. That's like an interesting thing to look at. I don't think it's illegal, but I do think it speaks to the kind of like insider self-dealing uh, and like donor grift that we see from people on the Democrat side. Yeah. Uh, do you think it should be illegal? I don't fucking know. I don't really know. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't want to like, like, I think prisons shouldn't exist. So I don't fucking sure. know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't, I, I think it should be, I think that they should be saddled with great shame. I don't, I don't have, ask me what he thinks. <laughs> okay, sure. Next time I talk to him. It's my conspiracy theory about impeachment, too, that Democrats are afraid that then uh, they will get blamed for the same sort of corruption that Trump is oh, doing. Oh, for sure. 
Look, I think I believe 100,000 percent that the reason why Nancy Pelosi narrowly focused uh, uh, impeachment on Ukraine is because yeah. the Democrats don't want to look at things like enriching yourself from office. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. Like, yeah. They were like, oh, shit, Trump did a very specific thing that none of us have ever done, which is specifically <laughs> asking Ukraine to help with an election. We've never done that. Holy fuck. We can get him on that. That's crazy. Yeah, this this one thing is very illegal, and we will only be looking at this one specific event. Uh, nothing yeah. else is relevant here. <laughs> the rest we don't think is actually that big a deal, but this Ukraine thing, that is real fucking tisk tisk, Mr. President. That's no good. <laughs> I, so to get a little bit back into the uh, social media battles that we are constantly engaged in, I sure. I posted on my personal Facebook that I will only be voting for Bernie Sanders in November just to kind of oh, yeah. uh, rile up the good. liberals in my life and get them get them to and he did. get them look he did. I, I think it's worth everybody saying it right now at the yeah. start so that at the yes. end when they're like fucking I, I just want to be like I told you like everybody <laughs> fucking said it we said we never would and that's how it's going to go yeah yeah and you know I just wanted to draw all those people to me so they're not yelling at other people who don't deserve <laughs> it and can't handle it um, but one guy in, sp- in particular that was arguing with me and Natalie for over two hours last night, I think. Wow. Um, yeah. It was more than that. It was like four or five <laughs> it was hours. so long. Um, <laughs> wow. He was. Oh, my God. How do we spend our lives? Yeah. Okay. Posting wars. He, he, was trying wars. To, he was trying to argue that we should be willing to vote for whoever the Democratic nominee is. And this is a guy who caucused for Bernie, by the way. So he's at least somewhat wow. in our realm. But he's saying we should be willing to vote for whoever the Democratic nominee is because that party is so obviously not as bad as the Republicans. And one example, one recent example he brought up was (laughs) all of the work that Adam Schiff did in the impeachment (laughs) trial. I I don't know how else to respond besides that laughter. Like, yeah, how do you it's like uh, check check the news, buddy. (laughs) I guess the way I feel about that is like. You know how, like, when, like, a TV show ends and everybody's, like, really excited about, like, the season finale, but then, like, nobody gives a fuck about it in a month because it, like, didn't really matter? (laughs) I'm like, let everybody have, like, you know, their Breaking Bad finale for a month, and then they're not going to fucking remember Adam Schiff ever. (laughs) Right. I think we're already past the point of caring about it. Like, it seems like just about nobody's talking about it already. Last night, I was just saying to my wife, Ashley, that this was just a TV show for these people because I mean, the reason we weren't paying any attention to it at all is because we know how it ends and it's a TV show and I know how it ends. It doesn't, doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care about far more conversations about the caucus than I have about uh, the impeachment. In fact, at work, I don't think anyone has brought up the impeachment. (laughs) Yeah. Because the caucus is a thing that actually happened and had consequences. Yeah. And like people are dying, like people are rationing insulin. Why do we care? No one cares. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I like to, to, the way I feel about the, the impeachment thing is like, you're right. It was a television. They all watched on the edge of their seats, you know, staring in the eyes of Republicans, thinking that they might, you know, be driven by moral duty to impeach this president. It's fucking stupid. It was never going to happen. Yeah. Like it was predictable from the first second. And it only existed as a cable TV news event. And frankly, also, if you want me to be a little concerned to take off a couple senators from the campaign trail in the last couple of weeks of uh, campaigning. Yes, uh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, because one of them happens Very to be convenient. the one that they want to lose. Uh. <laughs> yeah, that's really strange how um, like Nancy Pelosi like <laughs> held it in a, her purse for like three weeks and then for no fucking reason and didn't, which didn't accomplish Two anything. Two weeks before Iowa. Yeah, by the way, it's so fucking funny when like stories kept coming out and they're like, see, it was good she held it. And I'm like, well... Did he fucking get removed? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I haven't acquitted. I haven't looked at like the roll call votes or anything, but they didn't even get close to all of the Democrats to vote in favor of impeachment, did they? (laughs) I I haven't looked either because it does not matter. It doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. I know they got Mitt Romney, and that's very fun. Mitt. It's all good. It's very fun political theater. Uh, now he gets to do it whenever he wants to because he knows he can't get in trouble for it. Yeah, good good friend of the people, Mitt Romney. He, uh, he voted, yeah. f- voted for a doomed impeachment. What a <laughs> what an important <laughs> uh, action he took. Yeah. He is such a, like, liberals are just slobbering. People are just slobbering over Mitt Romney. Like, oh my God. It's amazing. Like, liberals. Like, it's just like they say, like the rehab of George W. Bush, just like unbelievable. In ten years, Trump is going to be on Ellen. 
<laughs> oh, for sure. Guaranteed. Look, like Trump will be on TV like as soon as he's out of office just because all these people care about is getting ratings and making good TV. You know what I mean? Like this it like we talk about like that it's just TV for people that like watch politics. It's just for just TV for the people that make politics and for the people that make news and everything like that. Like Ellen That's doesn't like give Trump's a shit. Sole like, focus. Yeah, like this Trump's sole focus is making good TV moments. And so, yes, Trump will be on Ellen because they both understand how big a ratings bonanza that would be. Yeah, absolutely. That was something that uh, was a very stark contrast at my actual caucus is that like for my preference group, for the Bernie Sanders group, this is not fun. <laughs> and for no, every, not at all. for everyone else in that right. room, it's like, oh, we're picking the person who we think is the nicest, who we like the best. It's American Idol, and we're having fun. <laughs> yeah. Like we're not fucking around. That's really the thing. Like that is what gives me. Uh, uh, this is what sort of gives me hope, even with all the sort of attempted rat fucking and everything like that, and Bloomberg with all the fucking money and everything is like. You know, I talk with people who are organizers and stuff like that, and we just do have the people on the ground. You know what I mean? Like, the story they talked about, the people that, like, worked at the meatpacking factory that got canvassed yeah. at, like, 4 a.m., I'm like, oh that's God. happening everywhere. Like, I that's a, such an inspiring story, and we're going to fucking do that everywhere. We're going to do it everywhere, and that's how we're going to win. Yeah, if anybody listening to the show is not aware of the story, um, where was the meatpacking plant? Do you remember? I don't. Not I don't, off my head, it, but well, it's like, yeah, somewhere, a, and I, I don't remember. Yeah, there was a satellite caucus for uh, a meatpacking factory workers, basically, and the Bernie campaign had been going out to this factory and canvassing these people um, in the like in between shifts from yeah, like at four a.m. Like when they were doing shift changes at like two a.m. and four a.m. Yeah, and it's just like that has never happened. You know what I mean? Like I was talking to someone this week, and you know. It's like even outside of the campaign, this is like, and that's the other thing is there are so many groups, you know, all these, all the progressive groups across the country are like activated and doing organizing. So it's like, I was talking to someone this week who's not, who is officially not associated with the campaign, who is organizing canvases that the campaign isn't even getting to yet. Like we're like doing it. Like, I think we're going to get this done. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe we should talk a little bit about your uh, personal efforts recently. I know you have been targeting some of the biggest uh, Twitter enemies and using their names to raise money for Bernie Sanders. (laughs) Yes. Would you like yes. to tell us about that strategy a little bit? So look, this, 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 I, I cannot lay claim to it all myself. This, like all these things, is like a group effort. This is a collaborative effort. Like, uh, I had to register a domain on my stream one time, and people thought it would be funny for me to register horsewhisperer.com. Um, and <laughs> so, so I did. Amazing. I registered it. <laughs> Um, and you know, <laughs> then I did a, I did a 16 hour stream playing a virtual trucking game to raise money for Bernie. And we did like $16,000, um, nice. and we wanted to keep the page going. So, you know, someone suggested to me, like, have the, have it, have the horse whisperer thing forward there. So I did that. And then somebody else to me was like, I'm blocked by this guy. And so I was like, if you're blocked by him, go to this page. And I know, I knew that he's blocked every single one of my followers. He ran a block <laughs> yeah. page yeah, on thanks it. for the block. So it's just like, <laughs> that's really, how I really got well. Blocked, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> so that's like, and when I send it out, it's like I'm sending it out to 25,000 people who I know are all blocked. And right. that's like, you know, we're now past $80,000 on that page. And we've expanded oh, it out. Amazing. Like, we have now horsewhisperer.com, hardballchris.com, nearattainment.net, robbymook.us, podsaveamerica.us, quibi.support, and uh, drjasonjohnson.us. Oh, man. yeah, <laughs> That guy is really on one. I saw He is really, really on one. I saw a Jason Johnson tweet this morning, and he said that, uh, you know, despite whatever happens here in Iowa and in New Hampshire, this primary is going to be decided by black voters in, and then he listed a few states. One of the states he listed was Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> so just just to check, I checked the demographics of Minnesota versus Iowa, and yes, Iowa is a very white state, 90% white, I think about 3% black. Our neighbors to the north, 5% black. So while they've been, <laughs> they've been pushing this narrative that like Iowa shouldn't have such a big right. role in the the process which generally i agree with but the reasoning is that we're such a white state but he's pushing the importance of minnesota which right. is barely any blacker Look, than us <laughs> here's here's the thing here's the thing about all this they said this on the on the tropo episode recently which is a really good episode the post uh yes. io episode was yep. really yep. really good Fantastic. and i yep. really agree with their you know 
their analysis that it's like all this shit has to go anyway. Let them fucking like call the whole process into question. Let them yeah. like yeah. like suicide bomb the whole fucking thing because we have to redo it anyway. So like like yes. it's just like let the Joker fight year continue as they like <laughs> set everything on fire themselves. I don't think they understand that it also uh, hurts their candidates too. Like it it, it throws yeah. into question everything. <laughs> I, yeah, it, it's it's actually like calling into question the election results and it's like you know it's really dangerous in a lot of ways like you know to, you know you, if, if i wanted to be like extreme about it you could be like truly the folks at acronym have like undermined confidence in this election like wholesale yeah, um, yeah but have. i think we can get this thing together and uh i think um i think i just think that when bernie takes the dnc we should look into uh who made all these decisions and uh uh and how it happened yeah truth and reconciliation uh-huh. I just think we should have a look. Uh, Jack, do you have any opinions on uh, Iowa Democratic Party chair Troy Price's role in all of this? Yeah, I mean, look, I think Troy Price is friends with all these people. You know what I mean? I think that, like, it's part of, like, they were all partying together two nights before. There's, like, if you go to fucking Tara McGowan's Twitter, it's, like, birthday yeah. friends, and it's, like, her. She's the CEO of Acronym, hanging out with Troy Price and the fucking Pod Save America guys and her husband who works for the Buttigieg campaign and her fucking brother-in-law who's the Buttigieg campaign guy who tweeted out the fucking thing with the pin number. Yeah. Like, if you want to be conspiratorial, sure. I think it's more just a representation of um, that all these people have similar intelligence levels. <laughs> um, so, and they shouldn't be involved with the party. Yeah, I'd agree. And... I don't know shit about Troy Price, except that he, you know, accepted pressure from the DNC to use this dumb app and was excited to go to a party with the fucking dumbass pod boys. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I was going to ask what the Instagram thing was because I heard of that, but sure. so they were, it was just showing that they were so off two days hanging before out together. the election. If you go oh on my Tara God, McGowan's, if you go on Tara McGowan's fucking face on Twitter, Two days before the election, it's like screenshots of her on Instagram. It's like the best birthday. Sh Siri, show me the best birthday ever. And it's a shot of like her with the like, you know, the organizing director for Buttigieg. Then like her with the Pod Save America boys. Then her with fucking Troy Price. And then the two Halley brothers. It's like every player in it. And so like whether or not you think they like got together and conspired to the election you know, eh, I think that Not they may be all kind of capitalized on it together. But mm -hmm. either way, it just shows that they're all fucking buddy-buddy, and it's like they're all just, yeah. like, part of a club that we're not part of. Yeah. Whose side are you on? That's yep. why they're mad. <laughs> Whose side are you on? It's pick a side. It's just like, you know, that's what I think about Troy Price, who I didn't know anything about before this week. I'm like, well, I know side he's on. Yeah. And, uh, well, I mean, how are things looking in California, Jack? I think we're going to do it i mean like i you know i i don't know as much as other people who are smarter than me but i talk to people you know that are you know very involved and you know uh, uh my understanding like he, bernie just does have like a huge huge uh, uh advantage with latinos and you know my understanding from people who've been doing canvassing here is that in some of these like very sort of latino areas the the vibe is either they're voting for bernie or not involved in the election at all, like not paying attention in any way. So my understanding from people, what people have told me is that the challenge there is not to convince people to vote for Bernie. It's just to convince people to vote at all. And then they'll be voting for Bernie. Yes, that makes sense. Yeah. So I feel pretty good about California. You know, uh, uh, I feel pretty good about Super Tuesday and I feel pretty good about Nevada, too. I feel good about New Hampshire, too, although I do think he's going to fucking snake a little closer than he should have been. Yeah. I mean, I was... I'm not happy that Iowa was so close, but I, I, in other ways, I am kind of happy because it exposed all of this, like, bizarre shit that went into the clusterfuck yes. that happened. Well, I mean, and also, in you know, this as a result is, like, about as good a one as, like, we could get, to be honest with you. Buttigieg is not fucking going anywhere. Like, Buttigieg yeah. has zero support with black people. Like, Buttigieg, like, is not going fucking anywhere. Like, they're trying to throw it to him, but Buttigieg is just, like, a stopgap until they switch over to, like, Bloomberg. Like, yeah. it's good. Like, if Biden was tied, that would have been a really bad result. But yeah. Buttigieg at tied and Bernie first, that's a very good result for the ongoing election. Yeah, one of our co-hosts, Evan, was saying that probably the best thing for us would be if Pete got second. And, well... Looks like Evan got yeah, what he wished for. That's a dream result. It really is. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I, it really was a very good result. 
you know, you want Biden to stay in is the thing. That's the thing. It's like Biden. It's very good that Biden's cratering, but you don't want Biden out till at least after Super Tuesday or something. You know what I mean? Like you just don't want like Buttigieg to start like getting pulling any kind of momentum, even though I truly think this guy's going nowhere. Yeah, definitely. I feel like they've been trying to build kind of an Obama narrative for him. Like yeah. he's a young it's not guy. Happen. He's not inspiring. Not at all. Yeah, he's a young guy. But but yeah, he's not appealing to the same people at all. Well, look, like these. this is what happens with these DC people. And this is like, you know, even what happened with the app and everything. Like them making the app is the same as them trying to build up Pete Buttigieg, which is like they think that, you know, they are uniquely qualified or talented because of where they got in D.C. When the real truth of the matter is they only got where they were in D.C. because Barack Obama is a once in a lifetime, like uniquely talented and charismatic politician. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like they all are like, we did great things. And I'm like, no, you like got in with a guy who was very charismatic. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. that's what it is. And that's also something I was kind of uh, getting in fights with people on social media about is that being the smartest person in the room is not really how you attain power that's not how you win yeah the fact that that dumb people like me are out there like actually taking (laughs) action and rallying people to a cause is winning and like we have the momentum we have the evidence that this plan is working yeah you know and also like i'm seeing a lot of uh uh, people in media and you know sort of uh, uh establishment folks kind of trying to you know put out this thing of like you know trump or like the bernie thing is kind of like trump you know you saw the new york times people being like oh you're going to keep doing rally yeah. uh, um after being elected how is yeah, that yeah. different than trump and see people being like oh the bernie supporters are like mean online is that like <laughs> trump is that like trump or whatever uh, um the and you know joe rogan thing right the joe rogan thing and so my real true perspective on that is that winning elections with and being popular you know, having populist support for things that are actually good, yeah. like building populist support for healthcare and for like making our, you know, making our lives all better is good. Like being aggressive and fight and like aggressively point to people uh, uh, is good when it's for good things. If yeah. we're going to, if we're like having populist rallies across the country and it's for rallying people to get healthcare, that's good. When you're having populist rallies to rally people, uh, uh, to hate immigrants that's bad like we can fucking have perspective on these things beyond just the sort of base level aesthetics of it yeah right populism is a value neutral term no like pop you know like the populism got us civil rights in this country you know what i mean like just because trump is doing populism for for ugly purposes doesn't mean that like populism in and itself in and of itself is bad in fact like being popular and being well liked and having big crowds is actually a good way to win an election frankly <laughs> yeah and i mean that's basically how democracy is supposed to function you get the most people right. behind you know what i mean behind your uh your campaign and that's how you win we j- you saw that's the idea you saw the strategy work with trump like mm-hmm. he didn't win the the popular vote but who cares he won because he was rallying a bunch of people and his supporters were and so, excited and, and aggressive. So that's the big, that's really the big question. And like, you know, and I think that this is actually one of the sort of big dividing lines in the Democrat Party, which is, do you hate Trump because of the policies and because of the pain he's enacted on people's lives, because of the actual real tangible damage that have been done to human beings? Or do you hate Trump because he's uncouth and says cuss words and he like makes you uncomfortable? You know what I mean? Like, is it about like that you just don't like, you know, seeing people like that don't look like you being excited about something? Like, is it a classist thing or is it that you actually hate, you know, the pain that's been caused? (laughs) Yeah. Again, I mean, it's like, which side are you on? Mm -hmm. That's that's the question there. And, you know, I do think for a lot, for many liberals, because this is because the policy will never touch their lives. It is just about the aesthetics. It is just about, you know, I don't want to be embarrassed when I go to France. You know what I mean? It's the game. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And for someone who's never left the country like me, it's completely irrelevant. Uh, (laughs) Speaking of that, Jack, did you grow up in California? I did, yeah. You okay. know, I've, uh, uh, I, uh, I've been, I'm pretty much a townie. Like, I'm just a townie, and I was lucky enough, like, that the town business here was television. So I went into that for a little bit. But I'm just like a guy that likes to smoke weed and never left my hometown. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, we're 
it's a, we're it's all, a good way to be. We're all kind of in a similar <laughs> boat, I think. <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of Iowa folk that moved to L.A., though. Yeah, yeah. No, I know there's a lot of... Uh, I know a lot of folks, uh, a lot of Midwest folks, come out here. Yeah, I've I had uh, somebody that we went to high school with, uh, who was a somewhat wealthy liberal, was also getting mad at me for my Facebook post because you know she left a swing state and now her vote doesn't count. So she has to, <laughs> she has to try to bully me into well, doing what she wants. That, like- these people that are like, I left the swing state and my vote doesn't count. Fuck. It's like, well, maybe if you didn't leave the swing state, you wouldn't be voting now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, like, there's a reason that you don't live in the swing state anymore and that I do. And it's because you have a bunch of money and <laughs> you you were able right. to. Yeah, your interest, this does reflect that your interests are have tangibly changed from mine. Yes. Thank yep. you for that. You know what I mean? <laughs> Right. You live in you live in a swanky apartment in Brooklyn. Like right. shut the fuck up. We're dying right, yes. here. I, I agree with you that you want different things out of an election than I do. Right. So I'm not gonna vote the same as you. It doesn't matter. That's the thing is that I'm like, you know, uh, uh I think a lot of you know, I really do think that, you know, the new conservatives in this country, like there are the Republicans are like a fucked up like death cult now. I think the new conservatives, and if you look at conservatism as, you know, a political philosophy that, you know, wants to make things the way they were before or sort of yearns for a time in the past when everything was great and wants to sort of like go back to that time or, you know, conserve the elements of that time. And so with that, you know, in mind, I think our new conservatives put Democrat next to their name. If you're just pining for the Obama years, if you just want to set things back to how they were in the Obama years, that is now conservatism. If you don't yeah. want to like progress and keep going and do more, that's conservatism. You know what I mean? That's if you're, an excellent point, actually. Yeah. So if your if your sort of political philosophy is based in the past, you're a conservative. And I don't personally think it's worth like debating with conservatives to be honest with you their worldview needs to change like they can't be convinced with like logic and arguments and everything like that because we're at a point where like it's about ideology so some of these democrats are conservatives and i actually think their worldview needs to be adjusted before they'll ever understand any of this stuff yeah i'd agree entirely i mean the only reason to really discuss these things with them is to uh make fun of them and bully them until they understand that they're wrong <laughs> Well, yeah, and, and, you know, and to use the sort of Marxist you know, uh, uh, phraseology for that, heighten the contradictions. Mm-hmm. That's what all everyone is doing is like when you're arguing with people online, like you're letting them lay their own rope and like make themselves look fool, fool, like fools because their ideology doesn't add up. And like so they'll just end up like falling into a hole because like the, the political philosophy and their view of the world does not reflect reality. I'm so glad to have my thoughts validated by someone like Jack Allison. <laughs> I'm kidding. We were yelling last night and like <laughs> Well no, I'm like I'm for real. Like we're doing it, folks. Like it's we're doing like it's different, but we're doing some version of revolution here. And you don't want to be corny and be like, this is like revolution because it's not like the ones that they've done before. Mm-hmm. But we're doing something here, buddy, and it's all in. We've all been sleeper cells. We've been preparing for this for such a long time and we're all part of it. Yeah, it's been I, I, I haven't up. been super involved in in the whole process, but uh, at Chapo, when everyone was singing uh, "Solidarity Forever" at the end of the show, it was pretty fucking intense. Yeah, like it's nice. It's good. Look, I, I encourage people to be as involved as they can, but I also think that any bit that you can do is good. I, we're all in it together. Whatever amount that you can do is amazing. Like, but I do think that what we're seeing here is a sort of decentralized campaign. That is not, you know, uh, uh, directing everything so so just directly from the campaign level. And we can all kind of be sleeper cells working towards getting this guy elected. Yeah. And I mean, there's more to do. You're doing your part by arguing with centrists. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Thank you. Every little bit counts. Posting is praxis. <laughs> I think, look. Posting is not all of it, and politics don't happen online, but politics happen a little bit online, and so it's, you know, it's good to do it online a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't believe the things that I do if Alan hadn't been bullying me for years online. Oh my god, <laughs> Alan bullied me for years online, too, and it Sorry. totally worked. That's what I'm saying, is like, that's what, well, that's what I mean about heightening the contradictions, to be honest with you. It's like, at a certain point, like, you keep pointing out contradictions, and like, sometimes I post aggressive stuff to people, but 
it's mostly just because I know that they'll have seen it. And I want that bug to start like worming into their brain. You know what I mean? Like, it really does work. Yeah, totally. It worked on me. That's how I became the way that I am and got radicalized as people needling me. Uh-huh. Um, and just a little at a time, like making me question. And it like and when it happens, it hurts a teeny bit. But mm-hmm. over time, <laughs> you start to grow. And you're like, fuck you, blah, blah, blah. But it gets into your consciousness and starts to rise back up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I became a better radical and my politics improved significantly because my friends were mean to me on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> See, look, it's not like I, you know, maybe it's good. Maybe all this stuff. I actually think it, I look, I, I think, I think we're going to win this. I, I feel good about it. You know, uh, uh, online, here's my thought is like, if online is even 1% of the election, if it's 1% of, of affecting the election, let's go all out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Because it's also fun. <laughs> we, we need that. It's and it's cathartic. Fun. It's a fun thing to do. It's fun. <laughs> There's one more little thing that I, I want to make sure we discuss. Uh, you saw that video of Chris Matthews freaking the fuck out about the Cold War, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> man, that is, since you brought up revolution, I mean. That was really, really fun. Man. trying to equate the Bernie Sanders like soft social democracy campaign with people watching Chris Matthews being executed and cheering and laughing is just so delusional and beyond (laughs) anything I I haven't seen anything that crazy on cable news I don't think yeah no it's it's truly like fucking hilarious i actually can't believe it. like i was i tweeted last night that i'm like i thought that they were going to be like losing their minds but i truly did not think that chris matthews was going to be like being afraid of being killed in a fucking firing he's just gonna lose his job and he's terrified you yeah. know i but and and you know i guess for people that are you know as careerists as all this like that is that is the firing line <laughs> you lose your job yeah, and I mean materially. I don't know. I I think that Matthews is maybe even get into that like Biden state where I'm like, it's not nice. Yeah. Like, don't fucking put him on TV. It's like <laughs> if you if you watch the full clip, like there was a short clip that kind of starts with where he's like talking about the rings or whatever. Yeah, he's like rambling for like two minutes before that, and it's like super fucking uncomfortable. <laughs> with that, like they can't they can't cut him off. You know what I mean? It's really really weird. Even before he gets to that stuff. Yeah, it was funny to watch Chris Hayes like try to rein him in a little bit. <laughs> yeah, Chris Hayes like, well, that's not like what he's running on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. All right, well, we've been going for about an hour now. So, Jack, um, if any of the people who listen to our show are interested in listening to Struggle Session, where do you think they should start? Go. Oh, where should they start on Struggle Session? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, like, it depends on where, where what your sort of pop culture, you know, uh, interest is. I think we probably have, like, whether it's anime. If it's anime, maybe listen to the Berserk episode. If it's, like, Star Wars, you could sort of go through all the Star Wars is Dead episodes that we have mm-hmm. and track the, mm-hmm. track how correct we've been about how Star Wars <laughs> is dead. Um, <laughs> that sounds so good to me. Uh, I am. I'm pretty proud of our Star Wars work, but that's maybe just my sort of personal nerddom. So you know, I I would just say yeah. Like if, uh, if you want to listen to Struggle Session, look through the page and listen to whichever one has the title of a show you like, and let and see if you like it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, it's a good show. I confess I haven't listened to a lot of it. I have limited podcast time, but it's it's a good show. Uh, so do I. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jack and Leslie are like great people to follow on twitter as well it's uh jack allison lol is your twitter handle yep and what's leslie's leslie lee the third so leslie lee i i i great yeah follow both of those guys they're they're great uh visionaries and parts parts (laughs) of our uh online movement to win over that one percent of the election as (laughs) as we talked about (laughs) jack thank you uh, for the one for the one percent of online uh (laughs) thanks for having me yeah Uh, thank you so much thank you Thank you for coming on our show. Thank you so much. I'm such a big fan of your podcast (laughs) and of of your Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. Well, good to talk to you. Yep. Keep up the good fight, Jack. uh, Thanks again for having me. Hell yeah. All right. Talk to you later on. All right. See you.